This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, LS Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Swindon Town. He's back. Hello, Ryan. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for having me back. I'm back from my secondment to Wales. Um, and I'm, I'm back and then... A bit late to this morning, so it's all been a bit of a mad week. But uh, yeah, great to be back on the pod again. So it was North Wales, wasn't it? Snowdon you went to, yeah? Snowdon, yeah, Snowdon. Two hours 15, I got up in it. I'm pretty sure that must be some record somewhere for some people. Um, But (laughs) yeah, and then all the way down, I think did it in just over four hours. It was great, loved it. Tell you what, if anyone's looking at climbing Snowdon, it's not the climb that hurts, it's the way down. Your, Your shins are just absolutely smashed to pieces. Um, but yeah, good, a very good weekend uh, and good to get above the clouds. So you didn't take the train? <laughs> the train. I saw people tweeting me this, you know, and asking if I took the train. No, the train wasn't actually running, so I can confirm I did not take the train. And I looked at that train. Doesn't look stable enough for me to even warrant considering going on. So yeah, I'm going to make a pass on that. Well, I'm really happy we managed to get a presser arranged because it's been quite the Friday for both of us. I've had a manic morning and it sounds like you know although we're in our breaks now you've had quite the do too no i've not had a great morning if anyone was following um along on our blog this morning sort of why the heck isn't it isn't it live at the time it's meant to be that's because i had to run out um to jump start someone's car early this morning i then got back three minutes late for the press conference and and lo and behold i wasn't able to get into it so i had the audio sent to me i typed it the blog straight away you can go on online to total swindon dot uh, com slash sport read the blog there uh, check out our twitter feeds and and listen to this pod as always 
Well, quite a bit has happened since we last had a presser. Two victories, the first against Newport County at Rodney Parade and the second one in midweek at the county ground. Both of them, I would say, not our best performances of the season, but still two victories, which is all we could really ask for. Six points and and also, more important, I guess, a, a Tuesday night home victory and and the 100% win record for November stays intact. So, you know, Swindon win the weekend, that, that'll be the first month they've gone where they've won every game. Ah, you've jinxed it. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. We, we've got this, hopefully. Uh, don't blame me if we haven't. Some really, really sad news within Swindon Town this week when it was announced that former Swindon Town defender Frank Burrows had sadly passed away. Frank Burrows... One of the major names from our golden period within Swindon Town history, a winner of the League Cup in 1969. And those two crazy Anglo-Italian Cup campaigns where we took on some of the best Italy could throw at us and beat pretty much all of them. 351 appearances for Swindon, nine goals and... You know, I've been a bit disappointed with the lack of coverage that Frank's passing has received. No doubt that the club will celebrate his life and his contribution to the club during the the build up to the Harrogate game, be it a minute applause, silence, been in the programme. But I don't think it can be emphasized enough just how important his Swindon Town career was, along with Many of his teammates, I mean, when we think about the 12 players, including Willie Penman, who played in the 1969 League Cup final, every single one of them played over 100 times for Swindon. And only three of them played less than 250 times in all comps for Swindon Town, which is unheard of now. And when you look around the county ground at the people who attend... So many of the people that are watching Swindon in 2021 follow the club because what they were seeing as youngsters in 1969 and 1970 where 10,000 extra people were suddenly going to watch the likes of Frank and the more celebrated members of the side like Don Rogers and John Trollope. Just really, really sad. But a huge, huge figure in Swindon Town history and a massive loss to the club. It, a massive loss for the club. He, he was part of the club at, at the time when they were most successful, wasn't he? You know, over 350 appearances, um, was there for just under 10 years, eight years he was there at the club. And, and then, of course, you know, he was part of that Swindon side that we still sing about from 1969. So uh, a big loss from the club and also from football in general because he wasn't just a, a Swindon Town legend. He then went on to have a successful managerial career at Cardiff, Swansea, Portsmouth, to name a few. And, and you know, he, he kind of, his life was rooted in football, I guess, in, in many ways, whether it was a, as a player or uh, or as a manager. Um, you know, it's it's terribly sad. 77, it's, in modern days, it's, it's, it's sort of kind of even breaking into that elderly bracket, I guess. Um, you know, and it's, it, it's a, a very sad moment. The club, did put out a press release, like you said, I'm sure there will be minutes science at the weekend. Probably there probably could have been a bit more done to honour someone that is part of 
such a successful period in Swindon Town's history. Uh, hopefully, there there might be something going forward in the future for this. But yeah, like you said, it, it's terribly sad, and, and I'm sure that there's many people that first got into following Swindon Town because of their parents who who watched this team grow up. One five six nine twelve. So long, Frank. For it's a grand old team to play for, and it's a grand old team to see. Change of pace, then a lot of excitement this week because uh, Swindon Town are releasing a third kit. Uh, who are we kidding? We know what it is. By the time you're listening, it's probably being announced, but it's a blackout kit. <laughs> not much more to say about that. Ryan, are you getting one? No, I will not be purchasing the, the third kit. Um, it, people will probably say, why not? You need to, if you're writing on him, you need to be behind him. I am buying him, but I'm not I'm not to the extent I'm going to go and buy a, buy a kit for Swindon Town. Where would I wear it? I can't wear it in the press box. So, you know, um, no, I don't even, I've not even bought a Manchester United kit. I mean, that is also probably triple the price, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to be buying a shirt, unfortunately, Rich. I suppose my concern is, it, is that it'll look a little bit like a referee's kit. What, blacked out? It's becoming, it's becoming a bit of the norm, hasn't it now? As I remember when the first one that I saw was when Borussia Dortmund over in Germany did this kind of blackout kit years and years ago. Um, and that kind of got this this great reception of how good it looks. It, but you're right, it does. It doesn't It doesn't offer much identity, does it? <laughs> or kind of anything about it. If, if you're looking at it from a distance, walking down the road, you might just think someone's wearing a black T-shirt. So, you know, it's, um, it's definitely... No insult to anyone making it, but it's definitely not the most creative shirt. In terms of business, it's an absolute no-brainer that the club release a third kit, given that the bespoke home shirt cannot be sold again due to all the reasons that Rob Angus has explained previously. So it makes complete sense that they're releasing a a third a third kit at this moment in time. When you think Christmas and the rest of the season, um, it's, it'll be a huge hole in town profits if they can't sell replica football shirts but I, I very much look forward to saying come on you refs I'm, I'm sorry that that was awful that's that <laughs> absolutely shameful behavior please don't worry people don't listen to us on a Friday um, or a Saturday morning even for the comedy so you know I'm, I'm sure I'm sure we'll let that one slide well thank you very much okay well let's move on to the press, as you've explained, you did not participate this time, but in attendance, along with yourself, was Sean Hodgetts of BBC Radio Wiltshire and Johnny Leefield of the Swindon Advertiser. And the opening stages of the press conference was very much driven towards the 3-1 victory against Hartlepool United, which was, both symbolically and in just in terms of our season, a very important win because it got rid of that frustrating stat that Swindon hadn't won at home in the league since Mansfield in late August. And I know I keep saying the word remarkable, but when you consider where we are in the league and how good our away form is, it's remarkable that we're so far up there without 
those home victories. But what did what did Ben Garner have to say about that? Well, it was kind of just following on from what, what he said following the game too. So one thing I would say is you are right. It was remarkable, wasn't it? We went into a Hartlepool match with the best away record in the league and the worst home record, which must be, you know, very, very unheard of. I'm not sure if it's the first time that that's been done, but just ridiculous, really, in many ways. Um, and Ben Garner just said, look, there's lots of positives in the game. We thought we scored some fantastic goals. Um, he did give credit to Hartlepool because they, they did play well. You know, every time they looked to attack, they kind of got joy, whether it was down the wings or through the middle lots of time. Um, and he said it was really pleasing to get those three points, especially at home. He didn't want to touch on it too much being at home because, you know, from Ben Garner's point of view, I'm sure it's it's different behind the scenes, but he said that, you know, they prepare the same way and, and that's not really been on their minds. But it's great to get the home victory. And, and one thing I would like to add is that, you know, there was positives, but I also felt there was quite quite a few negatives in that game, especially defensively. Yeah, I would say that we got not lucky against Newport, but that result could have easily gone against us, or that performance could have resulted in a in a in a result that wasn't a win. And Hartlepool, I think we we got them at a the right time. They're struggling, but I thought they they put in quite a good effort to be honest the visitors for that game and I suppose it's up to Ben Garner to iron out those creases because against better opposition we might not be as fortunate or as happy with the with the end product especially when thinking about tightening up our defensive displays exactly that you know it, it against Hartlepool I, I sat there watching it and, and you know, so was uh, I sat next to Johnny Layfield just watching the game. We were just both kind of looking at uh, things and, and thinking that, you know, this could easily be a game where Hartlepool could have scored three goals as well. Um, the defence looked very shaky. Every time Hartlepool went forward, they, they were getting these balls into the box. And it, and it almost happened in slow motion, whereby there was space in the box at every time the ball went in there. And apart from, you know, some probably poor finishing or, or taking a few too many touches, Swindon were, were lucky to, to kind of get away in, in the fashion that they did. So Harrogate pose a different type of threat. You know, they have got a few injuries at the moment, but but they're a fluid attacking team and, you know, Swindon, Swindon need to be back to their defensive best if they, if they want to get through November with this 100% win record intact. Ben Garner was asked about the goals, actually, and I really enjoyed a few quotes in this way he was saying that he hadn't realized that that was town's first headed goal of the season in the league and also that five foot six johnny williams hadn't scored a header since he was like an under 16 or something like that so a, a brilliant brilliant stat but he took that goal he took that header so so well i expect to see more of that if anything um yeah <laughs> it was a really really good opening goal wasn't it and then we had that 21-pass move resulting in Tyrese's goal. And, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, the clip is only really good for the noises in the uh, in the home end of uh, Swindon fans bemoaning <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the back, the passing backwards and... Uh, and the slowness, but uh, that's classic Swindon Town fans at home behaviour, isn't it? It was, wasn't it? It was such a, when you look back at it and you, and you look at kind of that first goal in the build-up to Williams' header, like you said, the bullet header. I have to say, Ronaldo West, his timing on that, you know, he, he's timed to perfection, leaped like a salmon and 
and smashed it into the back of the net with the keeper left, left no chance. But the build-up to that goal, you know, when you're sat there and you're kind of caught in the emotion of it, you just see a lot of sideways passing, backwards passing. But but they were pulling Hartlepool to pieces all over the pitch. And that's that's what's led to the space. And we should really have come to expect this by now because it, we know this is how Ben Garner likes to play. He's, 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 he's very much a possession-based possession manager who who likes to kind of find openings, probe, probe the opposition into either making a mistake or, or leaving a little bit of extra space for Swindon to exploit. And it was it was just it was just great to see. When you sit back and you and you know we've scored and you can watch that, then it, it's a lot more reassuring. But I do kind of get the fans' frustration at times, it should should be said. Because I think more than that, they hadn't played well first half and that and that's probably what added to it. Yes. Swindon Town's not scoring in the first half is no new thing this season, is it? And like I guess it's the angst of how Results have gone against us via similar performances at home, which creates that nervous feeling amongst fans at the county ground. And I mean, I personally, under this current setup, I don't feel that I can knee jerk when it comes to the starting 11. I don't feel like I should knee jerk when it comes to the opening 45 minutes, unless we're like losing considerably because. Ben Garner is slow and steady wins the race. He really does prefer that sort of methodical approach where we turn it up most of the time in the second half. He's not been given a nickname, you know, Lee to Guardiola for, for no reason. Okay, I mean, I know fans will probably say it's more the fact that he's bored like him, but very, very similar styles of football in terms of keeping the ball, working it around the edge of the box and just waiting for that. For that one, for that one moment, what I would say is, you know, it wasn't all kind of just possession-based football. We did move quick on those counter attacks at times, especially down the left-hand side, Velasquez Dolo. And if, and if he could have actually managed to put a decent cross into the box some stage, we could have probably had a goal a lot sooner. Yep, three-one, three points, lovely, no complaints. We go on to the next one. So let's talk about Harrogate Town this weekend. A first, a very rare first, really, because this is a game we have never played. It's a fixture that we've not even had as a, as a friendly. Um, so for those going to the game, you know, you're seeing history. Um, and, and of course, Swindon tick off the having played all the 92 again. Now, now this game is being played. And I think another stat will, will return if, if we beat them. But yeah, I, I suppose you're happy to see a little bit of history there, Ryan. History at the county ground, eh? So it's it's been a long time since we've kind of had any anything like that. Um, and Ben Garner was really impressed with with what Harrogate have done so far. You know, in their short history of kind of being in League Two, he gave a little bit of a, a nod to his opposition manager Simon Weaver. He, he has done a wonderful job. You know, he's he's brought this team up from non-league. He stabilised Harrogate in League Two, and then they're now in this situation where they've had a really strong campaign. Yes, in different form in the last probably five games, but all being well, they're going to be in, in and around that playoff zone in the end of the season, which for a team that has kind of had this sustained period in the National League, it's, it's, it's very hard to establish, uh, then establish yourself in the EFL. Look, Ben Garner also touched on, we know he's a stat man, you know, he touched on their expected goals and he said, look, their expected goals are really, really strong on this and their away form this season has been brilliant as well. So they've got some attacking players that can create. Yes, they've got injuries, but Swindon's defence is going to be tested weekend and, and Ben Garner, you sense that little bit of wariness in this morning's press conference. Yeah, I've been quite impressed with Harrogate really and how they've 
approached life in the EFL. Nice foundation season last year and they're really going for it this season. And I suppose it's a bit arrogant of me to say this, you know, observing how new money comes into the EFL and how they behave. But when you compare Harrogate to more recent arrivals to the Football League, and of course I'm I'm referencing Forest Green Rovers and Salford City, they haven't had that over-arrogance that winds fans up, fans of other clubs up, where they come in and they they say they're going to smash it up and progress, and Forest Green Rovers finally seem to have cracked the formula unless they tailspin for the remainder of the season. But Salford, well, you know, they're, they're frankly a bit of a laughing stock, aren't they? They are. You don't. I don't really class Salford as a team that's come from non-league, and that may sound strange, but that's because they they get all this coverage. They get more coverage than many championship teams get, and, and they've also probably got more, more money behind them as well um, than many EFL clubs. So, you know, I think they're a, they're a bit of a, of a joke themselves. Um, but, you know, on, on Harrogate, we sit there and we say, OK, yes, they might not have these kind of star-studded players that League Two is blessed with at times in, in the likes of, you know, we've got Johnny Williams, Harry McCurdy, uh, Ben Gladwin, all players that, you know, kind of Swindon fans look at and think, OK, well, we've got these players at our club. But they have had some really, really strong players for them this season. You know, Luke Armstrong at nine goals, Alex Patterson on six goals, Jack Muldoon on six goals as well. So that that's three players there that have already... You know, as, as we don't even finish November, that they're already getting towards that double-digit period of goals. So, you know, they're they're certainly got dangerous plays, even if they're not big names. Yeah, and the last thing I want to do is is patronise Harrogate because yeah, they don't have a squad of knowns, but they they, they seem to be really doing the job. I, I, you know, you know, you know what I you know what I'm trying to say here. But I think sometimes that makes you more. And maybe Ben Garner thinks this as well. I think sometimes that can make you a more threatening team because there's not this massive history on on what type of your players are, which does then give you this kind of little bit of a mysterious aura going into games because possibly opposition managers and teams aren't really sure what to expect, even though they sit there and watch games back. Yeah, yeah, respect to them. Um, something that Ben Garner was asked about, which was I was quite interested in, was you know the gap between League Two and the National League because. In, in terms of skill sets and ability, there really isn't much or any difference between League Two and especially the, the top end of the National League, is there? It's not much different. I suppose, like you said, the, the very top of the table of the National League and, and some of the League Two teams isn't much different. But it was interesting to hear his thoughts there on, on kind of this gap. And he said what Ben Garner had to say on this was that, you know, he gave an odd Sutton United and, and Lincoln as kind of examples of teams that have stepped up from National League and done well. Um, but he said a lot of money is being invested into clubs in the National League. And and, and really, he said some big wages are being paid to National League, National League players, possibly above what EFL clubs are paying. So he's expecting that gap to shorten in the future. And, it, and it's you do hear about a lot more investment in National League, but we kind of turn our, our head away from it. Uh, but it's certainly certainly one thing to, to watch. I think it's about time we talked about Swindon Town, isn't it? So let's start with injuries. So the, the major name that we're looking for a progress report on is, of course, Romany Critchlow. What's the state of play with him? So Ben Garner revealed to us this morning that Romany Critchlow is back in full training. He, he resumed full training yesterday, uh, didn't have any adverse reaction, so he didn't kind of 
you know, make any more injury problems for himself there in training. He's recovered well. All being well today, he will be available for, six, for selection tomorrow against Harrogate. Um, in terms of Romney Critchlow's actual rehab quickly, you know, we were told that he did the first week of his rehab up in Huddersfield. That was simply because he picked up the injury in Oldham, um, obviously against Oldham. He was then looking to stay up in Huddersfield for that weekend. So it just kind of made sense for him to stay at Huddersfield. And they really looked after him and kind of managed him in his first few days. He's then been back at Swindon going through his rehab programme. And like I said, joining full training yesterday and, and should be available for selection tomorrow. But that doesn't mean he will be getting picked. Yeah, Critchlow is a very important player, but Rob Hunt hasn't done anything wrong to be dropped, I would say, you know, and I mean, if, if they're fit, you pick your best squad. So it'll be interesting to see what he does there. But at the same time, Romney Critchlow hasn't played for a few weeks and Ben Garner doesn't like, you know, forcing players back swiftly for the sake of it. So it might be that we see... Rob Hunt, but it's certainly a discussion point. It'll be interesting to see what what Garner does with this. Well, he is a hugely important player for Sweden, but Ben Garner revealed this morning, he you speak, and he said, look, at this moment in time, Rob Hunt has got that shirt. That is, and those were his words. He said, "He Rob Hunt has got that shirt, and, and Romney Critchlow, he has been great this season. He's coming back from injury, but he knows now he's got to prove himself to get back into starting 11. So despite how impressive he has been, Ben Garner isn't just giving him a free pass to to kind of work his way back in. He has to work because Rob Hunt's changed positions and and he's done very, very well there. You know, like I said, all of the defence probably kind of had a little bit of a of a shaky game on Tuesday night against Hartlepool, but as far as Ben Garner's concerned, it it, it should be the same the same setup in defence. <laughs> Rob Shunt is the best nickname that we've never given him before. Well done. <laughs> Maybe we need to make some song based off this at the weekend. Um, sing it from the, the Alan McLaughlin town end. Oh, oh, almost certainly. Okay, well, where are we with other players? The only other injured player that we know about is, of course, Baudry. Where are we with him? Yeah, it's good news on that front. You know, and it's it's such a quick discussion that we've had to have this season, isn't it? Because we're, we're so blessed. I'm going to touch a bit of wood here next to me because we've really not had many serious injuries. Matthew Baudry is the only other injury concern. He is doing his rehab. He's working through his lot, his rehab. They still reckon it's going to be longer term. Ben Garner did put a time frame on that this morning. As things stand now, they're looking at about two to three weeks um, until he's back in really full training, back available for selection. But, but Ben Garner said he is a quick healer. And the main thing is he's also a really positive person with his mentality and his, his approach. So, you know, Matthew Bordry, if you told him you need him to play tomorrow, he'd most certainly try and make sure he, he could play tomorrow because his mental state is so good. But he's not yet ready. Ben Garner wants to take his time with him because I think he sees, especially a lot of Swindon defenders, playing quite a big role as we get into the latter stage of the season. Well, it's taken over four years, well over four years, in fact. And that's that Dion Conroy will play his 100th senior game for Swindon Town this weekend. A hell of a journey for him. Loads of injuries, loads of stress, loads of frustration. But really, really good that he's finally reached this milestone. It's great, isn't it? You know, ever since we kind of signed him on that on that deal from Chelsea at the age of 21, he's now at this stage where... He's going to make his 100th appearance for the club. It's been it's been such a difficult time, and and I think we really didn't ever expect Dion Conroy to get to this stage, especially in the latter stages of last season, and then and then over the summer it looked like he was set to set to go, and and 
that was going to be it for Dion Conroy. It looked set to be a, a really sad end to his win in San Korea, but he's not. He's he sticks around. He's he's grown this season. And I think really, from from my point of view, this is this is the best season Dion Conroy's had at the club. Maybe he might have put in some better performances at times in other seasons, but on an injury front, his injuries so far he's not really picked up any. He's faced a lot of adversity at this club. He's faced a lot of different managers that have kind of either loved him or hated him at times, and and he's had some tough times. But he's come through those. He, he I really think he's a a stronger character, a more mature character for Swindon Town. He's the right person to lead this team, and 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 a big well done to Dion Conroy because it's it's no mean achievement making your 100th appearance for a club in the EFL and and he certainly is going to hopefully go down as a Swindon Town captain that has led us to a few different promotions come the end of this season. Yep, he is hoping on that front and I'm really happy he gets to raise the bat this week all going well and I'm really happy for him in the sense that you know not only has he been you know loyal to Swindon you know you could say that's because his injury issues have have scared other clubs away, but I was really glad he survived last season because there was an element of the Swindon Town fan base that really turned on Dion Conroy, mostly because of his performances within the media, uh, where he was doing, or he did the trust the process sort of quotes, which didn't go down well, but you know, he was in the firing line because he was the club captain and he got a do is what the club sometimes advise and you can't really go out and go save us goodness me you know we <laughs> things are not going well we need to change it, it doesn't work like that i know how footballers you know they're not able to really speak their truths as much as they would possibly like or would make their lives much easier if they did but it does seem to be a case that all is forgiven in relation to Dion Conroy and Quite right too, and I'm really happy for him. I have to hold my hands up here because I was one person and one member at the press at the end of last season, especially when I kind of sat there and I thought, you know, what what is what is Dion Conroy kind of doing? And and all the messages pointed to the fact that it was either an attitude problem or he just didn't want to be at the club anymore. I think we all know that isn't the case. I think Dion has been a great servant to Swindon Town and and like you said, he's 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 massively important. Every manager that has any knowledge of the game that has come into the club, Richie Wellens, Ben Garner, they have saw him as a really crucial player to, to their plans. He carries the ball out well. He organises that defence. I think more than anything, he's he's clearly got some really important dressing room presence for him to have been given the captaincy as many times as he has under different managers. Well, I hope Dion Conroy enjoys his 100th game and I hope it's a lot better than his debut where he came on as a late sub in the awful... 1-0 away loss at Bristol Rovers. Biddy Bowden scoring that winner and the likes of Izzy Farouz struggling to oh, make any impact up front. But we'll move on because Ben Garner was asked about the blossoming partnership between Tyrese Simpson and Harry McCurdy. What was said? It's a strange partnership, isn't it? You know, it's it's little and large in many ways. You know, Harry McCurney is this this rapid, small, skinny, petite player that kind of makes himself a nuisance. And as we saw for his goal against Hartlepool on Tuesday night, Tyree Simpson is this bulky, muscly defender who uh, attacker, sorry, who will never leave you alone in defence and and will just bulldoze you to the ground if he if he needs to. What Ben Garner said is 
what many of us are seeing. They complement one another really well. I said they both have different attributes, which works really well. And 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 more than anything, they're also different in what they do out of possession as well. You know, but in, when in possession, Tyree Simpson is his player that holds the ball up and, and looks for players to be running past him. Whereas Harry McCurdy is someone that will always kind of be running in behind, looking for that ball over the top, or, or if not, putting in a few steppos for dinking the ball into the box. So, you know, they're very different players. But one thing that Garner touched on is that all of the front players' physical output and their pressing is incredible. He said it's not just in possession, what they give us with their quality, but it's also what they do for the team. And, and Ben Garner is just delighted with every single attacking player at the club. But, you know, very, very impressed with Harry uh, Harry Simpson, Tyree Simpson and Harry McCurdy. So in terms of the lineup and setup for the Harrogate game, you have to assume that Ben Garner will go with the starting 11 from the Hartlepool match. I know Ben Gladwin uh, usually does Saturdays, but you can't really drop anyone from the current 11 players, Critchlow debate aside. It's got to be the same, hasn't it? I would imagine so. You know, I, I was I was looking at the kind of lineup after the game. Like I can't, I, I really can't see us going anywhere else than an unchanged starting eleven going into this match. Yeah, we were unstuck at times against Hartlepool, but I don't think Ben Garner would be too concerned by that because you know I, I sat there and said a couple of players had a had a poor game, but I, I really think that's all it was. I think too many players just had an off night and on their day. So hopefully Saturday they'll put that behind them and. And they'll back to back to their best. If they can have an off night and still score three goals, then we've not got anything to worry about, have we? So, Wallacott in goal. And then at the back, you've got Rob Hunt still with Dion Conroy and Akin Odomeo. Then at the wingbacks, Iandolo and Kessler Hayden. Williams, Reed, and Payne in midfield with... McCurdy and Simpson up front, right? That's what we're going for, yeah. Score predictions then. I'm going for a 2-1. I'm going to go for a 2-0 win, I think. A couple more bits and pieces before we go. There was a question about JML. And I was really interested to learn that Mitchell Lawson's actually been injured. Is that right? Well, this is this came from uh, Johnny Layfield. And, and it's a question that we've actually asked Ben Garner quite a few times on Jaden Mitchell Lawson. You know, it wasn't that he wasn't fully fit for a long time. It was that he did have this injury kind of when he came to the club and he had never really been looked after and that injury hadn't been managed. So he had this injury. His fitness levels in terms of actually being match fit, he was way, way off the mark because of that. Uh, but he's back to full fitness. He's now, he's lost 7% body fat since coming into the club is what Ben Garland told us this morning. Um, he's in top physical condition and now finally he is, he is ready and He's ready to play every game if Swindon Town need him to. He is chomping at the bit to get an opportunity, as you know many of the front players are. Look at Alex Gilbert. He's kind of dropped off and been really limited in terms of the, the minutes that he's been having at Swindon Town. Um, but he trains really well, great around the group. And, and Ben Garner said that you know he has full confidence in whenever Jaden Mitchell Lawson gets his full opportunity, he will take it. If Swindon play the, the way that they would like to play, unfortunately, I don't think he'll be getting more than maybe 10 minutes at the end on Saturday. But Tuesday night, I, I expect Jaden Mitchell Lawson to get a full run out. And kind of a, a negative in terms of Swindon Town, but positive for the individual, absolutely, mm-hmm. to end this episode on. And that's the question that was posed to Ben Garner that Jojo Wallacott is almost certainly going to be in the Garner squad for the Africa Cup of Nations. And it's hard not to think about what did 
what a detrimental impact it had on Swindon when Masluongo and Yasser Kassim went to the Asia Cup uh, with Australia and Iraq, respectively. But it's a brilliant achievement and he's going to be in the squad, isn't he? Well, it's very rare that Ben Garner will have to answer questions on the same thing that Jurgen Klopp will in the space of, in the space of the week. So, you know, it, that's a very strange thing in itself. But look, Jojo Wallacott will be called up. Ben Garner fully expects it. He's preparing this. He's not only been called up to Garner, he's, of course, played all of their last four games, including that brilliant clean sheet against South Africa last time out. Um, and Ben Garner just seemed more than anything delighted for him. You know, he, he's putting himself on this international stage. He's going to be there with Garner. Ben Garner expects him to start for Garner. And also, he doesn't seem too worried because Ben Garner's words were that we have two brilliant keepers at this club. And, and you know, Lewis Ward is is a keeper that he, Ben Garner's eyes deserves to be number one at Swindon Town as well because of what he offers Swindon. He's he's going to come and step in, going to be absolutely fine as, as the stepping keeper whilst Jojo is away. But Ben Garner is going to have to look at getting in some cover for that position because, of course, we can't rely on Stephen Mildenhall to fill the bench and actually have to play if, if he needs to. What's wrong with Mildenhall? <laughs> because we want to get promoted. What's wrong with that? <laughs> yeah, OK, OK, point taken. Um, personally, I hope they go for a free agent as opposed to a loan player because I think we've got a couple of loans available and that could be used in other positions, but free agents is probably a whole list of them, including Lee Camp. He could return. Right? <laughs> I don't think we need to utter the words of players from last season. Do we Lee Camp? I mean, you know, the sooner we forget about that, the better. Connell Truman could be available. He's, he's not, he's actually just gone on an emergency loan to someone else. Well, it's just an emergency loan. So he might be available in January, but did you see Carl Robinson's, interview about Truman signing for Oxford. No, I've not. Oh, it was absolutely toe-curling the way, the glee and the little dance he does where he relays an anecdote that... Connell, yeah, Connell, Connell Truman. Um, I just said to him when I walked in, I said, uh, you've played for my two worst clubs in the world. Played for AFC Wimbledon and for Swindon. But I, he helped us when he played for Swindon, he said. Uh, he's the worst. Or, shall we say, an interesting character. Yeah, I feel like if if this podcast was 18 plus only, we could say more than interesting character. Um, <laughs> but for now, we'll leave it as interesting. I don't really pay much attention to what Gar Robinson says, and, and thankfully the rest of the world doesn't either. What a weird way to end the episode. But Ryan, thank you very much. A pleasure as always. Thank you very much as always, Rich. The Lone Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of the presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, 
or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 